every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Sunday service, amazing service. So the, the good thing about stretching, stretching your faith is that God is always in the next thing. Sometimes what took a lot of faith to get into in the first place becomes a strong expression of doubt portable there. If where you are now took you a lot of faith to get to, it was a stretch of faith to get to where you are in your life right now. It's possible that where you are right now in your life, that it took a lot of faith to get to in the first place, has now become such a comfortable place that you are no longer willing to get out of. And so it becomes an expression of doubt. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, I'm saying. So faith always puts you on the edge. Faith is always putting you on the edge. It's about the next thing, the next move. God is always about the next thing. Are you following me? So it's a stretch of faith. The stretch of faith for us all. Amen. But we, are, we enjoyed the service, didn't we? Yeah, we did. It was very colorful. I loved every bit of it. So much, I loved it so much when I came here this morning. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, I beg. In fact, Uncle Joe had to come in early um, to set up this place. Let's celebrate Uncle Joe, please. Um, all the people that worked with him, I think the musicians were also a Wops praise here. Everyone that worked with him, let's celebrate them. Thank you very much for coming. So, but, but when I came this morning, the place was dismantled. There was nothing. So I said, we cannot have Sunday service here. I look around. And we, we, I, came to act, I came with the electrician to fix some electrical problems. I said, ah. So I was still fixing electrical problems. <laughs> I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. That place, it was very soothing. You're just there. Very fantastic place. Good things are good. Amen? Okay, so let's quickly go into God's word. And um, we're going to study this again. Please, I don't want you to sit afar off. He says, the seat in front of you. Can you please move forward? Okay, I think everyone has filled up the seat. Who's, who's sitting there? Send us sitting there. Let's fill up the seats. So that I can be as close to you as possible. Last week, I started to talk about... The keys of wisdom, of wealth, and of wonders. And I said that if you would pay very strong attention to what I was sharing with you last week, it has the capacity to set you on the posture ready to face 2022. It's very strong, very strong. Keys are critical. There is no such thing as one key in the kingdom. Prayer, they said, is the master key and so we sang the song prayer is the key prayer is the master key but prayer is not the master key prayer is a master key 
Jesus said to Peter, he said, today I give you the keys of the kingdom. There are more than one keys to the kingdom. Prayer is one of those keys. Wisdom is a key. Wealth is a key. Are you following my point? Are you following me tonight? The only way I can know you are following me is that when I say, are you following me, you answer back fast. If I, answer, if I have to ask to that, I'm trying to jack you off your, your thoughts. Maybe you're already thinking about moi moi. So it's good to, someone should help us attend to that child. It's good that you, you know, stay with me. That was a neighbor. Stay with pastor, stay with pastor. Stay with pastor, stay with me, stay with me. I need you. Three keys, I said. Wisdom, I said wealth, and I said wonder. So I started talking about wisdom last week. And for those of us who are not here last week, I'll just do a, a little recap on it. I said wisdom, the wisdom of God, Jesus is described as the wisdom and the power of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24, quickly. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. Jesus is described as the wisdom and the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 24. Who's, who's, who's behind the screens? First Corinthians chapter 1, who's there? Who wants to read for me? Verse 24, quickly. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now, there's a lot of emphasis around the power of God when it comes to the church and very less emphasis on the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God, the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Some of the things that you are praying for now, if you had applied the wisdom, it would not have been a prayer point. Are you following my point? Are you following me? Hello? So midweek service are the most serious Christians. You are the cream of the crop. You have the best of the stock. You are the sharpest knife in the drawer. That's why you're here tonight. The lot of emphasis on power, 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 breakthrough, break out, break off. You know, so much emphasis and less emphasis on wisdom. So you find very few people teaching on wisdom in church. And yet the Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. Jesus said, watch and pray that you don't fall into what? Eh? Praise the Lord. He said, watch and pray so that you don't do what? So the solution for not falling into temptation is not only prayer. It's not even forced prayer. I could have said pray and watch. It started with watch. What does watch mean? Watch means being vigilant, being careful, you know, being um, eh? observant. So your eyes are open. Now, if you watch very well, you may not even need to pray. Are you following my point? If your eyes are open, for instance, if your eyes are very open in your relationship, and you're in a relationship, and you are open-eyed, you are not closing your eyes in relationship. And there are things you are seeing in your relationship that is not working. A lady called me, and you know, was saying stuff that a guy was doing. I said, you better break off this relationship. Don't serve the guy a breakfast. He said, you know, pastor. I said, if your eyes are open, and you are watching, 
you will not need to pray about your marriage in your latter days because you were watchful wisdom is very critical christians that don't have financial wisdom will suffer poverty they will be praying every day they will be praying every day and they'll be having they'll be having to need financial breakthroughs every time they'll be moving from one financial breakthrough to need to they'll be living on the edge of financial breakthroughs all the time what they could have used wisdom to deal with Proverbs chapter 24 says that with wisdom is a house built. With wisdom. Wisdom is very critical, but we don't talk about it so much in church. Because we don't like to engage our minds. The way Muslims go to church, go to mosque and they remove their shoes before they enter the mosque. Christians come to church and they remove their brains. The Bible says that you should be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not the removing of your mind. Your brain is not a, the Holy Ghost is not a replacement of your brain. The Holy Ghost is an augmentation of your brain. What it means is that you should be able to think better now that you have the Holy Ghost. That's why the Bible says Jesus Christ is the power of God and is the wisdom of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. And that's why the Bible says you don't have just the spirit of Christ. It says you have the mind of Christ. The same mind that built this entire world with all its complicatedness. Built this entire universe. Look at the earth, Saturn, Neptune, Uranus. Look at all the planets. And there are many, many more planets that we don't even know. And they are going round and round in their axis. And none of them is clashing. None of them is clashing with each other for Thousands of years doing the same thing. Ordinary for a plane to take off in our airport, they are jamming each other. Two planes. Their wings can break each other. Because there's no proper wisdom in place. But God set the earth in its own course. Such that the earth is turning round. Round on its axis. And going round the sun every year. 365 days every year. And yet there is no collapse. That same mind that was able to build such a system, such an impeccable, perfect system, the Bible says you have that mind. You have that mind. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus is not just the power of God. Jesus is not just the spirit of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Verse 5. The Bible says that your faith will not rest in the wisdom of man. But in the power of God. If you go to verse 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 7. It says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Can you see that? Can you see it? Can you see it? Okay. You have to answer me. That's how I can know. Even the hidden wisdom. Why did he call it hidden? He called it hidden because God hid his wisdom from Satan. The entire salvation story was a display of God's wisdom. From Garden of Eden down to Golgotha. God prophesied and said in Eden that the seed of the woman, the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? He didn't say the seed of the man. The problem is that women don't have seeds. Satan didn't get it. Women 
don't have seeds. Are you understanding? You are not answering me now. Women are the womb. It is the man that carries the seed. So a woman does not have seed. So when the Bible says the seed of a woman, you already prophesied from that garden that a woman that was a virgin will bring forth a child. From the garden. Satan didn't get it. He said this woman, a seed, will crush your head. That was why when they crucified Jesus at Golgotha, they said the real translation of Golgotha is the place of the skull. Guess whose skull was crushed at Golgotha? Satan's. From Eden, the wisdom was Eden. Over and over, we see him talking to the mouths of the prophets. One prophet will say one thing, another one will say another thing. All of them say one thing. It was encrypted language. None of them could understand what they were saying until after Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible says this wisdom is hidden, which God ordained before the world for our glory. So the, hid, the wisdom of God is not hidden from us. The wisdom of God is hidden for us. That means as a Christian, Jesus Christ said to him, you are of the kingdom. He says these things, the mysteries of the kingdom are available to you. The wisdom of God, the ways of God, the plans of God are not hidden from me. They are available for me. He calls his wisdom. And I said, what is this wisdom? When he hides his wisdom, like he did in the book of, in the book of Exodus, in the days of Joseph, what the other magicians could not find solutions to, Joseph had the answer. Why did God hide it? It's in hiding the wisdom that the children of the kingdom are elevated. The deliberate, the deliberate attempt of God to hide things is that his own children will be the one elevated. So we don't have a cure for cancer yet. It's a wisdom. We don't have a cure for a lot of disease yet. It's a wisdom. God intends, it is God's plan that this wisdom will be revealed to his children. It is in hiding that wisdom that his children are elevated. But the sad news is that the children are not even given to thought at all. Our emphasis is so much on breakthroughs, so much on miracles, that we don't see that we are the custodians of the wisdom of God. God expressed his wisdom through our scriptures. And his children are and should be the custodian. The wisdom of God is not hidden for us, but from us, for us. From us, not but for us. And I said that God hid the wisdom even in Babylon from the magicians so that Daniel could be elevated. The darkness of this world is what gives value to our light. Are you following my point? Are you following my point? So as a child of God, the best way to reach the world is to shine your light. Where there's dark. Look around you. There are darknesses everywhere. We don't blame darkness. The responsibility is on us to shine our lives. I said, how is this wisdom expressed? Number one, I said it is expressed in preferring solutions and answers to difficult national. Did you get that last week? You got that last week? Difficult national, international, corporate and human problems and questions. In your office, your promotion is inched on your ability to prefer answers. If you are able to prefer answers to difficult situations, difficult situations, then you are promoted faster. I remember my boss told me one time when I was, when I was working, she said, if you, can't, if, you can't, 
If you can't do something, Philip, uh, she calls me Dele. Dele, if you cannot get something, you tell me. So one day I said, Ma, I said, if I bring anything to you that I cannot solve it, I said, you can't solve it. She said, ah. <laughs> I was too confident. I said, if I, if I come back and say, Ma, this thing can't be done. I said, nobody can do it in this office. I was too sure. I was too confident. I was a bearer of the wisdom of God. That there was no problem they would bring that I could not solve. Are you following my point? So our job as Christians, before we start praying loud tongues everywhere, the purpose of that loud tongues is to gain access to a technology of Christ, to profess solutions and answers to difficult national problems. So where God has called you into that area, that industry, that um, whatever form of business you are, your job is to look closely in the world of telecommunication, look closely in the world of manufacturing and profess solutions. Wealth we always go towards where solutions are provided. He used to say we provide legal solutions, we provide um, scientific solutions, whatever. You, your job is to prefer solutions. Some of you are supposed to prefer fashion solutions. Come up with fashion solutions. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't leave this fashion alone for Satan. Don't stay there and be complaining. Look at everybody open their body. You have left Satan alone. Anything Christians, anything Christians avoid, Satan will take over. Everything. Everything Christians avoid, Satan takes over. That's what has happened. That's why he took over governance, politics. Christians avoided it for many years. They said politics is a dirty game. Politics are... So they left it. Christians abandoned entertainment. They left it for Satan. We abandoned fashion now. We left it for Satan. See everything Satan is bringing in. New, new, from... From Leviathan, from the Marine War, shiny, shiny things. <laughs> Just bring it out. <laughs> Amen. I know that you can't have like that one. <laughs> so, we are to provide solutions. And I said lastly that Elisha provided solutions to the security problem of his nation. I don't want you to think low of yourself. Don't think you are too small. Say, this is my brain. How can this is my brain think of any solution? As I'm talking now, somebody thought it. I had it clearly. In your, I had it in the spirit. You said, but uh, this one cannot be me. Me, who am I? My parents even think I'm imbecile. I could not even pass my jam once. I could not pass my work once. How can I think of national solutions? You can think of it. Make up your mind. Jesus is the only hope of the world and it's the responsibility of the church to make him known. He is the holy hope. He said to us, say you are the light of the world and you are the salt of the earth. Did you guys say that? Matthew chapter 5. Did he say that? Did he say that? He says you are the light of the world. So the purpose of the light is to shine on darkness. Then he says you are the salt of the earth. Hmm? Do you know that salt does not make sweet? Do you know that? Do you know? That salt does not make sweet. Salt is not sugar. He didn't say you are the sugar of the world or sugar of the earth. Okay, maybe they didn't have sugar in those days. But they had honey. Abi, you could have said, yeah, the honey of the earth. He didn't say that. Because your job is not to make the world sweet. I'll tell you what your job is. The job of salt is several. Salt brings out the intrinsic taste in that substance. So if I put salt in beans, 
is a sweet beans in quotes or tasty beans. If I put salt in rice, it has tastes. You get my point? It has tastes to rice. It doesn't make it sweet. That's why you are not a sugar-coated preacher of the gospel. Your job is not to make people happy. It's to make them have value. So sometimes if you have an injury on your leg and you have to put spirit, all those spirit I will die in, they are solid salt solution. If you put your leg in the beach and you have injury in your leg, you know how painful it becomes. If salt should touch any part of your body, it's, it's very painful, but it's curing it. Salt is a preservative. In those days, not now, if you have meat, they salt the meat. It makes it, it, preserve, it preserves dead bodies. Are you following my point? So when it says you are the salt of the earth, it was very, 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 very deliberate. Why? Salt is white. But salt does not mind losing its color in order to add taste to a substance. So when I put salt in soup, salt does not say, no, please, for me, I cannot mix with soup. Oh, I beg I cannot mix with worldly people. I cannot mix with the world. Salt is willing to lose its color just to gain impact in that substance. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Without you, this world has no value. It is your job to make this light known. From your office, from your home, from everywhere. Make his light seen. Make the salt. Let people be able to see the light of God. He said, because Matthew 5, verse 16, it says, let your light so shine before men. Is that what he said? Is that what he said? That all men will see your good works. Some of you, it will be good works in academics. I remember there was a guy at that time when I was on campus, extremely brilliant. He was extremely brilliant. He was a Deeper Life Church member. Extremely brilliant. Everybody wanted to copy his notes. Everybody. And because he was so detailed in his notes and his study notes, people literally copy his notes to photocopy it. They collect it to go and photocopy it. And since he saw that was what was happening, on every page of his notes, he bombarded them with scriptures. You will copy everything together. Are you following my point? Everybody went for his notes. His notes was the most detailed, was the best. It was, extre- it was, it came out a first class student. Extremely brilliant. You can't but listen. So when he wants to do study groups, when you come to a study group, it will first start with prayer. They don't burn you well. You must pray. Because he's not going to start teaching without praying. That's a light. Everybody came to see him because of his light. Remember Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1. It says, arise and shine. For what? Your light has come and the glory of God is seen upon you. You said what? Darkness shall do what? Bible scholars, darkness shall do what? Only these people are getting it. Darkness shall do what? And gross darkness? Open your Bible. Open your Bible. As I see this verse 1. Ah, that popular scripture. You have to quote it from, chapter, from verse 1 to verse 5. Papa says, let the word of God fill you richly in all wisdom. Rich. What does it say? As I said, verse 1. Hmm? Arise. So look at what he said. What did he say you should do first? No, no, no. He said you should do what first? So arise. He didn't say your light is coming. Is that what he said? Your light is come, but the problem or the challenge is that you cannot shine 
if you don't arise. You must arise before you shine. Arise, come on, shine. For your light has come. Your light has always been there, but it will never shine until you arise. Continue. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you, yes? For beyond darkness shall. You see, it's not darkness may. Darkness, you cannot pray darkness away from this world. You cannot pray disease away from this world. You cannot pray sickness away from this world. You cannot pray all those stuff. They will not go. That is what has value to your existence. It is because of sickness that we have value for health. Are you following me? Those wonderful things will not have any value if these terrible ones are not there. So darkness shall. Gross darkness shall do what? Cover the earth. And yes. But, but the Lord shall arise upon thee. Yes. His glory shall be seen upon you. Yes. The Gentiles are not coming to thy tongues. The Gentiles are not coming to, your, to thy prayer points. The Gentiles have no business with your Bible scriptures. What attracts the Gentile is that in the midst of their darkness, you have light. It is their poverty and their lack that draws them to your abundance. So that boy was a brilliant child. He was light indeed. So what attracted those guys to him was not his prayers. But he ensured that they came and they met God in his light. Arise, he says. How will the nation see me? Set your city on the hill. Put your candle on the candlestick. I said last week, it's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's not my responsibility. It's not God's responsibility to help you put. If you are doing, um, your, your, your knee is doing business. He sold garments. Nobody will market his business. God will not market his business for him. The Holy Ghost will not market his business for him. He has to market his business himself. Whatever you are doing is your responsibility to put your light where everyone will see this. If you say, no, 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 Pastor Philip, I don't want it to look like maybe I'm just, you know, I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want a situation where people will be looking at me that maybe, you know, I'm trying to stay there. You will not sell anything. People that are foolish, I said it last Sunday, last Tuesday, if the wise people of this world are half, just half, if they are just half as bold as the foolish people, this world will be a change place. Every day, foolish people are so loud. They come out boldly with abundance of foolishness. And they churn it out there. And the wise people are restraining themselves, saying that they want to be conservative. They don't want people to think that they are trying to, I don't want a situation where people be thinking maybe after. Who cares? If God has given you a word, you have to, he says the words, I say the things I say to you in your ears, thou should proclaim it on the rooftops. It's your responsibility. To let the world know that God has given you a light. I said last Tuesday that this light that you see that is up here. We put it up here for the best of impact. If I put this light as bright as it is. If I put it under this chair. It will be on. Under this chair. But the impact will not be this strong. So positioning is as strategic as your brightness. I don't know if I make any sense with that statement. Whatever you can do. It's your job. It is your responsibility to let your light shine. And I said that darkness can never switch on itself. Please write that down. Darkness does not have a switch button. Eh? 
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That thing that I said, I didn't understand it. Or I should explain it. Darkness does not have sockets. You cannot switch on darkness. Darkness has no power in itself. Does it make sense? What it means is that darkness only finds definition in the absence of light. Darkness does not have power. It is the withdrawal of light that brings darkness. So darkness in itself cannot switch on darkness. There's no socket that is on darkness. So it is when church folks, Christians, withdraw their light that darkness takes over. But since this light shines in darkness, and darkness cannot do what? Eh? Darkness cannot. I have never seen darkness quench light. See, this darkness is so thick. It blew off the light. Have you ever seen darkness? Darkness is coming, it's coming, and darkness consumes a light. No matter how dark a place is, the moment you switch on light, dark, yes, it can be very dark. You can never see darkness quench light. Have you, 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 am I making sense? If this place is very dark now, very dark, and I own just a candle, you know the candle will not light all this place. That means there's more darkness than light. But yet, that light cannot go off. But at least where I am with candle, all the darkness there will take over. If all the darkness that place will run off because of light, as small as this. So it is the withdrawal of our light that causes darkness to, sh- to, to, to become powerful. Stop complaining about darkness. Take your light to where it is. I said that we should express this wisdom in anticipating changes in business. Take advantage of them. Understand what's coming. The Holy Ghost says will teach you all that's coming. I said that already. I don't want to go over it again. Your business, the, the business of understanding what's coming is the strongest strategy. The strongest skill in 21st century business is anticipation. It's not excellence. It's anticipation. If you know what's coming, you'll be able to position your business in a way that you strategically enjoy from it. For instance, for instance, as it is now, the world is moving from crude oil to electricity. That's why we have more companies thinking about buying electrical cars. You get my point? So electrical cars are coming, electrical cars are coming, electrical cars are coming. So we are having less, people are becoming, you know, talking about eco-friendly environment. So gradually we are beginning to go down, you know, on the use of crude oil. You know, but we don't have a government that thinks. So even the crude oil that we have, that is going out of fashion, is going, you know, you, know you can be doing an obsolete business. You are investing in a business that's about to die. It's as if I gather like two million now or three million and I open a cyber cafe and we say two. And I say in this cafe, we are doing we are doing midnight browsing. You know that. So if I do that now, I don't need a prophet to say you have come to waste your money because you are investing in something that's obsolete. There's something they call obsolete excellence. Doing something that is no longer needed, but doing it very well. Opening the cyber cafe, putting a very nice rug, very up-to-date computers with monitors, four gigabytes, four, four gigram, eight gigram, and you know, ensure that this, the staff they are very, very hospitable. And I'm doing all that excellence in an obsolete substance. The ability to know what's coming would help you position yourself 
for business excellence. So one thing that the Holy Ghost should do in your mind is to quicken it to know what's coming. The next one is witty and creative inventions in technology, in media, and ICT. All wisdom are of God. Did I say that last Tuesday? That Jesus is the head of all principalities. Please follow me. This sermon I'm preaching may not look like, you know, very, uh, you know, you want me to shout, shout, hallelujah, get up, the first seven people that run and touch that wall, and you run, you come back here, and you say, hallelujah, 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 Re release, receive, you know, and you say, oh, pastor, no, I'm teaching you wisdom. Wisdom is this one. This one, if you go out and apply it, it will change your life. Jesus is the head of technology. Jesus is the head of telecommunications. There is nothing that is being practiced in the world today that will not have worked, that will not have worked in the Garden of Eden. Nothing. If the technology of aerodynamics was already known in the Garden of Eden, Eden would have flown a plane. There is nothing new. All the laws of telecommunication, all the laws of um, radio, whatever it is, was functional and available right in the Garden of Eden. Are you following my point? Men came to discover those laws. The laws of electricity was right in the Garden of Eden. If Adam knew how to combine wire, he would have had light. Jesus is the creator of all things. The Bible says that there was nothing that was made that was made without him. ICT, technology, media, particularly media. I should have a day and teach on media. Media is the most powerful thing in the world right now. There are churches that were smarter than other churches, like Christ Embassy. It's far smarter. They woke up faster than many churches. I heard that as far back as 1999, Christ Embassy was already budgeting one billion naira on media per year. One billion naira. As far back as 1999. They were on AIT. Those kakaki time, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday to Friday. I mean, if, you want, if you remember this, some of you may not know too much then in primary school. 1999. Very powerful. Jesus is the head of media. Jesus is the head of technology. So as a child of Jesus, and you are in the media world, you must believe God for creative and witty inventions. Let me give you a scripture. Open to Exodus 31, verse 1 to 6. Exodus 31, verse 1 to 6. Exodus 31, verse 1 to 6. Quickly. There's someone else to open to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. Someone else should be open Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Someone else should open Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. So I have four scriptures now. Four scriptures. Who's reading from Exodus chapter 1? Exodus 31. 31, Exodus 31, verse 1 to 6. Fast. Hope you guys are writing. Hope you, hope you have you brought your writing materials. So all this is my teaching. I'm not just teaching to the air. 31 verse 1 to 6. What does it say? Exodus 31 verse 1 to 6. And the Lord said to Moses, Abi, who has NLT? Who has NLT? NLT. NLT verse 1. Give me verse 1. And the Lord said to Moses, yes? Wait, we need a mic for that lady there. Yes. Then the Lord said to Moses, Listen to what the Lord said to Moses. Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri. God said, I've chosen this guy. Yes. Grandson of Hor. Yes. Of the tribe of Judah. Of the tribe of Judah. Yes. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. I have filled him with the Spirit of God. Giving him great wisdom. And, and I, listen, you know, 
after the spirit of God, he said he gave him great wisdom. He didn't give him prayer points. He didn't give him loud tongues. He gave him the spirit of God and he followed it with the spirit of wisdom. Yes? Great wisdom, ability and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He has do you know that Jesus gives expertise in crafts? Because I don't care what I say. I'm concerned about heaven for now. He gave him wisdom and expertise in making crafts. God said, I'm the one that gave that guy that skill. Continue. He is a master craftsman. He is a master craftsman, yes? Expert in working with gold, silver, He's and bronze. He is an expert in working with bronze, silver, and, and gold. Bronze. Yes. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is skilled in all that, yes? He is a master at every craft. He is a master at every craft, yes? And I have personally appointed... I have personally appointed him, yes? Ohaliab, the, Ohaliab, the son, son of Ahimashak, yes? Of the tribe of Dan. Yes. To be his assistant. To be his assistant, yes. Moreover, I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen. I have given special skill to all the gifted craftsmen, yes. So they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. So you see that God does not only give you his spirit just for you to go about and display, you know, that I'm born again. He gives you the spirit to become a master at your craft. Oluwao. Am I making sense? That if you are a lawyer, you become a master lawyer. You must make up your mind. You see, this thing must sink into your heart. That this thing that God is saying must be true. He said, I gave him that gift and I made him a master of all crafts. The next scripture I said we should read. What's the next scripture? Proverbs, what does it say? I, eight, with, I, 8 verse 12. Yeah? I, wisdom live together with good judgment. Yes. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. Yes. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. All who fear the Lord will hate evil, yes. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance. Yes. Corruption and perverse speech. Yes. Common sense and success belongs to me. Common sense and success. This is wisdom. Wisdom was talking. It says common sense and success belongs to me, yes. Insight and strength are mine. Yes. Because of me, yes. kings reign and rulers make justice. Jesus. Decree. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He said because of this wisdom, kings are able to reign and to do what? Make just decrees. Yes. Let's stop there. Go to the next scripture. Next scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. Then I want us to read 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 12. Hope you are writing down these scriptures. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. What does it say? God's purpose in all this was to use the church. I, I want to use you people to listen to something. Please. Now, if you, you know, there are some of us who are Christians who are already experienced Christians. And all these things, as I'm saying it, is already jamming your religion. Say, never. Is that why we're in church? Is that why we're here? Something is fighting you already. As I'm talking, you are already saying, beg, 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 beg. I am showing you scriptures. Now, if you read the Ephesians 3, verse 10, I would allow us to read all the first preceding scriptures. But he was talking about what he has done to the church, what he has done to the church, what he has done to the church. He now said, this year, I've done all this for the church is in verse 10. Verse 10 is to do what? God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom God in its wanted rich to use, variety. Is, he wanted to use the church. Ha. God wanted to use his church to display his wisdom. In how? 
in its rich variety. In all its rich varieties, it was God's intent that the church would be his billboard to display his wisdom. So when people came from America to look at Canaan land and saw a church sitting 50,000 people without a pillar, without one pillar, they opened their mouth. <sighs> what? Impossible. Bishop said they were going to build that church in one year. They said it's impossible. It's impossible. It was the biggest building, church building in the entire world as of 1999. They said it is, the whole world said it is impossible. But because it was God's intent that the church would be his display board for his wisdom, he made it happen. Continue. In all the what? Rich in, varieties? In its rich varieties, yes. all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. So, even, oh wow, even principalities we come and learn wisdom from the church. Is that scripture? Okay, maybe say, no, no, let's read good news. Verse 10. Ephesians 3, verse 10, good news. Let's read good news, let's read amplified. What's amplified? Ephesians 3 verse 10. What's amplified? Yeah, you have to read loud. So now, is this uh, amplified? Yeah, talk a bit louder. Through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God, in all his what? In all, the, the wisdom of God in all his countless aspects, yes? Might be made known. Revealing the mystery to the angelic ruler. So even the principalities in heaven are now learning wisdom from the church. Yes? And authorities in heavenly places. So the church of God becomes his display board for wisdom. As you are sitting down where you are sitting, it's God's plan that this your mind will bring forth results that even the angelic forces will say, Kai, God is wise. I want to leave this place with a change, a change, a change mindset. I tell myself, there's nothing you cannot do. There's nothing. Philip, I beg. There's nothing you cannot do. I tell myself constantly that the mysteries of God, I'm a custodian of God's wisdom. I'm a custodian of God's wisdom. There's a wisdom. In fact, the one I want to show you now is in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Peter, are you writing down these scriptures? 1 Peter 1, verse 12. 1 Peter 1, 12. What does it say? They were told that their messages were not for Give me themselves. King James. King James. Yeah. Let's start from King James. We live for King James. They will go to other translation. First, first Peter 1 12. Okay. Unto whom it was revealed yeah. that not unto themselves, but yeah. unto us they did minister the things okay. which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel so listen, unto let's you. Let's read this. All this unto, unto, unto. What's that now? What's the unto? Unto whom it was revealed. That not unto themselves. That this thing that is revealed to them is not about them. Are you, do you understand that point? Is but unto us that they are now ministering to these ministers of the gospel. The things that were revealed to them were not about them, but they were revealed to them so that they can reveal it to us. Now, things I'm teaching you now, I'm not, I'm not teach, God did not reveal it to me because of me. He revealed it to me so I can teach you. Does that, does that make sense? Does it make sense to that point? It says, which are now reported. Unto you by them who preach the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost. Said now from heaven, which things the angels are desiring to look into. 
There are things that I'm saying now that angels have never had before. The angels are peeping to hear what I'm saying. Because no angel has the spirit of God in him. There is no angel that is baptized with the Holy Spirit. As powerful as they are, as angelless as they are, they will learn from you. Because you are... Let me explain it. If you have a phone, your phone has the same carabine. That means your phone connects straight to the mass, whatever mass of the network you're using. That's how you are. When the Holy Ghost is inside you, you are in direct connection with God. God does not reveal himself to his angels. There's none of the angels that God has conversations with. Are you following me? In heaven, Angel Gabriel, as popular as he is, is a messenger of good news. So God sends him on, a, on an errand. Are you following my point? God does not sit him down to be having conversations with him. But yet, even in the Old Testament, we had God say that he could not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah without having a conversation with Abraham. There are things that God said to Abraham that the angels have never had before. There are things that the angel will hear from your mouth for the first time. And the Bible says, these things that angels were peeping into them. Am I making sense? Yes, the angels are peeping. It shows that you are a custodian of the wisdom of God. I am a custodian. I'm not daft. I'm not daft. No. That's why your worship is stronger than the worship of the angels. The Bible says God seeks worshippers. John chapter 4. If he's seeking worshipper, Emmanuel, if all the worship that the angels were worshipping him, if there were enough, we will not be seeking worshippers. Are you following my point? You will not be seeking worshippers. We have billions and billions of angels. And they have sweeter voice than you. I'm not sure whether Emmanuel can even sing on one key. If you start on key C now, it might end on key J. Praise the Lord. From glory to glory. It doesn't stay in one place. So, but God is more interested in his worship. Because it's a blood thing. It's not a voice thing. This, this man is a son. None of the angels is a son. No. He said, unto who did he say I'm a son? He said, to thee have I begotten thee. Thou art my beloved son. Only, that's why the angel says, what is man? That thou art mindful of him and the son of man. He said, what is man? In this man, he put his spirit. Three things he did. God had three archangels. Three. Three archangels. Michael. Eh? Gabriel. Last one. Lucifer. There's no Raphael. No, you read. No. Three. Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Gabriel was the minister of information. He was the one that God speaks to. Go and do this. Go and do this. That's Gabriel. Satan, Lucifer, was, was what was, was, was called? Was the minister of worship. He was the one that worships. And Michael was the man of war. And when Lucifer failed, God put the three functions together and put it in one man. And in one man, he found a confidence. 
Someone he wants to talk to. Bible says he would come down from heaven to talk to Adam. He left all the angels alone. Came down to Eden every day to talk to Adam. He put in man a worship instrument. There's none of the angels that can worship God like a man. No. I don't care how sweet your voice is. I don't care how amazing you sound. There is nothing that sounds as beautiful as when my daughter calls me daddy. It's different. You may come and say, oh, oh, oh I forget. If you say, daddy, it's the sweetest sound. It's a blood thing. It's a blood. You see, you can't get his blood. You say, what are you? No, he says, don't worry, don't worry, it's blood. You don't have blood. It's blood. In man, he put a weapon of war. He said, you are my battle axe. So today, God's weapon of war on the earth is a man. He says, you shall decree a thing on the earth and shall be established. Even Michael is at your back and call. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, man became the custodian of God's wisdom. The greatest inventions in the world should come from the mind of believers. They won't teach you this in normal services. But the greatest inventions. Who should invent electrical cars if not Christians? Who should invent electrical cars? And I said that last Sunday. I said they are coming. Now we have Bluetooth, AirPods. There's wireless charging, Abby. That wireless charging. Is there a wireless charging that you can put a phone in your pocket and you can go and be, go and go and your phone is charging? Is that available right now? You have to put your phone there to be charging, Abby. Without, without contact. Yeah, so there is. So the next thing, the next big thing in technology, you, who says that your own brain can't think it? Why do you think that your brain is not good? <laughs> Why do you think your brain is not good enough? The Bible says that what comes out of your mouth, angels are designed to look into it. That's what scripture says. Pure scriptures. Pure scriptures. I think I have one more scripture. Oh, I just let that go. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. 6, verse 1 to 3. First Corinthians 6. Let's read from Amplified. We end it on that, then we'll go to the next thing. First Corinthians 6, verse 1 to 3. First Corinthians 6, verse 1 to 3. So look at that. Look, look at what he's going to read for. Yeah, he's from Amplified, Abby. Now, he was talking about Christians dragging themselves to court. You understand? That's what, that's what Paul was writing about. That Christians drag themselves to court. You have something against another Christian, you now drag yourself to court and carry yourself to, it might even be a Muslim judge. Like when the Assemblies of God Church were fighting. On who is the next Jew? They went to court. Very embarrassing something. Embarrassing. I was embarrassed. Even though I wasn't a member of, I wasn't a member of the service of church, go church. But I was embarrassed where I was. I said, this is, this is, it's arrant nonsense. So somebody says, it's the next G.O. Rabbi said, no, I'm the G.O. And they began to fight. Who's the G.O.? And either one was away on vacation or something. The other one came and toppled him. And they became, he became the G.O. And when he came back, his own people began to fight. And saw that they were sharing Sunday school bulletin. And they were sharing two different Sunday school bulletin in the same church. Different offering. To the extent that government had to release police to barricade the church because church members were beating each other. They were, I mean, it was a serious riot in Kaduna that they had to release soldiers to quell the disturbance from church. 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 Very useless set of people. So there's nobody there that can have sense. I said, stop that. Why can't you allow yourself to be defrauded? Just for the sake of the sanctity of the gospel. Why can't, you allow, why can't you allow yourself to be cheated? 
just so that the gospel can have its reputation. So you are fighting. No, it's our own. It's our own. So Paul says, look at what Paul said. Does any one of you, when he has a complaint, yes. civil dispute with yes. another believer, yes. dare go to, the, to law before mm-hmm. unrighteous men, unrighteous people, non-believers, yes. instead of placing the issue before yes. the saints, God's yes. people, yes. do you not know that the saints, God's people, will one day judge the world? The Bible says, oh, wow. God said you are the one that will judge the world. That's the kind of brain you have. That's the kind of, you, are the, you are the one of the judges of the world. But this is your brain that I think is coconutted. So God is saying that. Paul said, do you not know? No, you're not done. I'm reading, I'm reading to verse 3. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? How did you do that? Continue. Verse 2. If the world is to be judged by you. If the world is to be judged by you. Are you not competent to try trivial, insignificant, are you not petty cases? to be able to undo such petty things? Are you not competent enough? Don't you have sense enough to be able to handle such things? Continue. Do you not know that we believers will judge angels? He said we will judge angels. Continue. How much more then as to matters of this How life? How much more as to matters of this life? So you see that? Sit down. You see him saying, do you not know? Do you not know? So it's not about you having to walk to become that thing. He said you are already that thing. Don't you know it? That you are supposed to be a judge. Of the earth. So the greatest inventions, when you live here now, you are a tailor. You are going to sit down with God and say, the greatest fashion designs must come from my mind. If you are here, you are a graphic designer. Someone said about our graphic designs. Said they are the finest. Our graphic designers are the best in the world. And we do thorough work to get the job done. We don't allow, we don't churn out just anything. We go nights of work to ensure that what comes out of that place. There was a particular time in this Abuja that churches were calling me to engage our design team and be paying them salary to be doing their own designs. SLC's design were top-notch. Top-notch. From the inception, from the inception of our church, from the beginning, this family, this family suffered in my hands. From the beginning of our church, from the beginning, from the design of the logo, for everything, I would look at it. Sometimes we do those designs 20 times before we turn it out. To ensure that it is excellent enough to be brought to the world. Don't you know that you are going to judge angels? So if you're a graphic designer, you think now, if I web designer, how are you going to draw men to Jesus? By doing excellent web designing. So that people are going to ask you, how did you get this design? Then you say, it's Jesus. You know the star led the wise men to Jesus. You know that? The star led the wise men to Jesus. Every stardom is to lead men to Jesus. The star in your life is to lead men to Jesus. So, they see the star. They don't see Jesus. But they follow the star until you lead them to, to Jesus. You get that point? You get it? If you don't get it, go and read about it. Amen. <laughs> we'll study more about it. Don't, don't forget about it. Witty, creative inventions must come from the church. Unusual insight into God's word. That's number four. Offering unusual answers through the word of God. Transforming individuals. Let me say it again. Unusual insight into God's word. Offering unusual answers through the word of God. Transforming individuals, nations, communities. God's wisdom on marriage, on finance, on leadership. 
There's everything you are looking for in this Bible. Everything. From leadership, to finance, to management, to business and startup, to entrepreneurship. Everything you are looking for is in the Bible. Everything. To medical proficiency, everything is here. The word of God is encrypted. It's when you unlock it that it locks. It unlocks. Everything is here. Everything. How do I know? Maxwell, John C. Maxwell, is the foremost leadership consultant in the world. How many of you know John C. Maxwell? The foremost leadership consultant in the world. And he said in his own story that by the wisdom of God, he has been able to lead many Fortune 500 CEO, company CEOs uh, across the world to Jesus. And how does he do it? When he writes books on leadership, business leadership, and some of them invite, them invite him to come and talk in their seminars, and he talks in their seminars, and they see that what he's saying is so fresh. According to them, they said it's so fresh. It doesn't look like what they learned in Harvard. Now, all they learned in Harvard and in Oxford and in Yale and all those universities, they, they are very you know, technical and very sophisticated, but they are not as applicable as what John C. Maxwell teaches. It's so fresh, it's so relatable, it's so wise, it's so sweet. So they would call him over and over, tell us, where do you learn these things from? He would say, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You don't want to know. So sometimes when they go on to go and play golf, they'll be there asking him, no, you have to tell us. You have to tell us. When you teach, it's so fresh. When you teach, it's, it's, so, it's so smooth. There's something different. How? How did you get so wise? He'll say, no, if I tell you, you don't want to know. So one day they said they pressed him, he will not tell them, I got it from the Bible. They said, no, never. You mean that book that all those Christian, boring Christian folks carry all over the old place, you know, doing as if they're crazy? He said, yes. He said, it's not possible. Show us. So we'll go to the book of Joshua and open how they went round the wall seven times. And we say, he has brought from there the law of consistency. You go round the same thing over and over. Don't go once. Go over and over and over. And that's the law of consistency. <laughs> and it says the law of teamwork. And talks about how um, Gideon took 300 people who were committed. And it says the law of commitment, the law of the call. The law of the call, that the strength of every team is in the call. And in fact, you have a crowd. The crowd is not the call. You must find a core that is committed. And said so the way God was able to bring out 300 people out of 10,000 soldiers that he dealt with their appetite. So he talks about the law of discipline, the law of the core. And he starts bringing, and he says, you mean you got all these from this book? And why are Christians so daft? Unusual insights into God's word. Pastor Kingsley and Mildred Okokwa are frontline relationship teachers today in Nigeria. They consult on relationship matters and marriage. They do marriage seminars and marriage consultancy and marriage um, counseling for people across the world. And all they work with, they got from scriptures. Marriage. Finance. So when will you get something from scriptures? Another expression of God's wisdom is to be able to have unusual insights. Unusual insight to real, real human problems. Not, not hazy, assumed, presumed, real human problems. Like when somebody came and said, what God created first is not light. That when you want to build a house, what you focus not is not light. Because I say God said, no, God didn't create light first. And that was the first time I ever heard that. He said the acoustic of a building is more important than the lightning of that building. And we said, why? He said, because what God created for us was sound, not light. I said, that's not true. He said, the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. Sound before light. 
unusual insights. You've been reading that in for years. You never knew that what he said was that sound came before light. Unusual insights. You are reading it. free, 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 free. Nothing is said, nothing. Just reading it. Say, you must read one chapter per day. Free, free, free. And you are missing out on all the loaded solutions to human problems. The Bible is the solution to human problems. In this Bible, you will find, you will find war strategies. How to fight war is here in scriptures. If you are army general and you want to find, go to the scriptures, you'll find how they fought war is here. How they led people. Someone asked me, say, Pastor Philip, he said, You make leadership look so simple. He said, You must. I said, It's the Bible. I sat down with the Bible. All the leadership things I know, I got from the Bible. The Bible. Finance solution. The Bible says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Go to the ant, O sluggard, and learn of her ways. He says, She gathers in summer so that she has enough to eat in winter. Talk of savings. Savings for any day. In scriptures. The book of Proverbs is the most loaded book. Proverbs chapter 1 to 31. One proverb a day sends foolishness away. The wisdom you need for marriage, you find it there. Ecclesiastes, sound wisdom. Everything, everything that is human problem can be found in scriptures. I tell you, ask, go and look at all the, the major scientists like Pythagoras, scientists like um, Leonardo da Vinci. They were scientists of old. They got, they asked them, how did you, how did you create the helicopter? How did you come about the invention? And they said they got it through scriptures. They got it through scriptures. You are reading it. You are reading it because they say you must read. And you are missing out. You are missing out. There's so much in the Bible. When I taught in John chapter 4 on how to win soul, one-on-one -on -one soul, my wife was telling me, I said, ah. he said, how did you get that thing from chapter, that, that? I said, Jesus Christ gave us the principle for winning a soul one-on-one -on -one in John chapter 4. And did I bring all, the, all those principles out of that place? I said, don't argue. I show you there. I do not wanted to argue with him. Say no. How Jesus Christ, you know, evaded the argument. Everything you are looking for is here. So another expression of God's wisdom in these days is having unusual insight into the word of God. So when people have problems, you can look at their problems and smile. And find the solution. You will not tell them it's from the Bible. You will not say the Bible says. You would have couched a principle. Say, well, in the principle of a sagmatorial sagmata. And you quote the scripture. You quote the principle like that. They say, where did you get it? They say, it's Proverbs chapter 2, verse 5. Every star will lead man to Christ. Here. Solutions on marriage. Here. Solutions on politics. Here. Politics. Here. We have kings as, as young as eight years old. King Josiah was king of Israel at eight years old. The, the, um, the, the laws of, 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 of all things, even everything, I don't, want to, I don't want to spend too much time here, is in scriptures. So one thing that you must tell yourself is that the next time you are reading your Bible, God must open your eyes to see solutions. Let me go to the next one and I end with this. The next key is the key of wealth. Did you get anything on wisdom this evening? Are you sure? 
Are you sure? Tabitha said, neighbor, don't be foolish. <laughs> Wealth. This is almost the natural consequence of wisdom. In Zechariah chapter 1 verse 17, the Bible says, my city shall with prosperity. Zechariah 1 verse 17. Give it to me. Zechariah 1 17. My city with, with wisdom, I'll have to close that because of our time. Spread abroad. Cry yet, saying, Thus says the Lord, my city's true prosperity shall yet be spread abroad. So God's intention is that his cities, his kingdom on the earth will spread through prosperity. So we have scriptural examples for wealth, like Solomon. Do you know that all the patriarchs, all of them, were wealthy people? Do you know that? All the fathers of faith were wealthy people. When you say God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, those three people you called were billionaires. All of them. There was no single poor people among the patriarchs. I don't know where we got the mindset that poverty is synonymous with holiness. God is the God of wealth. The Bible says the thousand cattles on the thousand hills are his. He said all gold and all silver are mine. Are you following my point? You are not answering me very well now because I'm talking about money. All through scriptures, we see illustration in Bible. That anytime Israel turned their backs on God, they go into poverty. They go into lack. They go into slavery. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? And anytime they turn back to God, what happens again? They come back into abundance. They come back into wealth. They come back into plenty. Could it be that poverty is a sign of living God? That lack is a sign that you are not with God. <laughs> because that was what scripture showed. That the prodigal son, when he left the father, what happened to him? He went into lack. When he came back into the father, what happened to him? He was back into plenty. So, throughout scripture, over and over, we see plenty as a sign of God's presence. Severally. Wealth is a key in the kingdom. Money is a dangerous tool. Money is a dangerous tool. Listen to me. Money is Satan's strongest weapon in the world. There's nothing else he has. Men seduce with money. Women seduce for money. Everything revolves around money. Money was the last temptation Satan gave to Jesus. He said, bow to me and I'll give you all, all the riches, all the glory. That was the last key. So anyone that has defeated the temptation of money has defeated everything. The Bible says the love of money is what? Of how many evil? So it's all evil. Why do we have thieves in politics? That somebody's bra. Bra can cost millions of money. Why do, why do people steal that kind of bra? Why would somebody steal so much? It's money. Okay, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you don't get it. <laughs> why? It's money. It's money. Everything. 
king centers around money. Money is not, is amoral. That means it's neither bad or good. It takes on the, it takes on the attitude of the one that owns it. It's like a sword. Money takes on the attitude of the one that is holding it. So, money is not bad. Money is not good. It's like the internet. Internet is not bad and it's not good. It depends on who's using it. But yet, money is the strongest to so much that Jesus Christ said that you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and money. It is you cannot serve God and Satan. Because of money, people can leave church. I was in a meeting and somebody came and said, eh, he started blaming pastors. Pastors is the reason why people are going, people that are singing. Also, I'll give their singers. Say, I blame pastors because they are bastard. He said, because pastors are not giving them money. That's why Satan giving them money. Satan giving them money. And that's why they went to meet Satan. And he was saying it so, so boldly. I was, I, the only thing that kept me from scattering that meeting that day is because I'm a, I'm a worker in that church. And that uh, they, they, might, they might think I was not that scattered the church. But if, if, if I was invited to that meeting, that guy can't go scoffing. How can you justify people following Satan? Because he offered them money. Satan will always offer bigger money because he knows that human beings would love for money. Are you following my point? Satan will always, he doesn't have more than that. So you are a singer in church, but you don't have money for transport. You are suffering. And he begins to dangle money like this. Come and sing here, yeah, we'll give you two million. Just sing, well, don't mean it to. Just sing, I shake my bum bum. Small yash de cheko, small yash de cheko. Small yash de cheko. Just sing, don't mean it from your heart, oh. Don't mean it from your but just sing it. Two million, bam, you see the alert. And so you have <laughs> amazing singers who they said left the church to the world. Have you heard that many times? Say, you used to be in church, boys to men, they used to sing in church, they used to sing in church, but all of that, now in the world, because Satan was there dangling money. Eh? Dangling money. Money is his tool. And that's why as a Christian, you must make up your mind that you will not be poor. If you have not made up your mind before, wealth is a key of the gospel. Wealth. Wealth is a very critical key. You must make up your mind that you are not going to be a poor Christian. I was looking at, you know, at our own level as a church, the amount you have had to pay you know, you know, as, as, we, as we run church, run into millions and millions and millions and millions of naira. And, you know, so one, one of my elder brothers was calling me today. They said, Philip, you wouldn't have believed that even you would be able to do it. I said, yes, I wouldn't have believed. They told me that Pastor Kingsley's program, those two days program, cost us almost three million for two days. Two days. To fly them in, book them in a hotel, get all the stuff we need to get, put the place in proper place, do that, do that. Cost us. Now, when we wanted to take the money, the three million was not in the account when we wanted to take it. But as we expanded, it was after we were now counting. Yes, you get. That we, now found out we had spent this much, but we didn't even have that much in the account. Are you following my point? As they began to break the bread and to share it, it was, that's the skill. That's what happens. It is after that you are now counting, that that, ah, we have 12 baskets full. So it was in the sharing that the miracle happened. So severally, I knew God will blow on our finance in this church. I knew that. And that's why it multiplies. And so, but this is my point. We will never be able to do the things that we do if we didn't have money. 
Never. We can't help the needy. You can't pay for people's hospitals. We pay for people's hospital bills, emergency bills. Somebody say, hey, pass over here. Hey, 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 hey. 20k, 15k, 10k, 5k, 15k. All of us. We will never be able to do all that. All those welfare programs we have for people. People need to do this. People need to do that. We will never be able to do that if we didn't have money. Are you following my point? Are you following me? Now, where our church went to, this is our new venue, is very expensive. When you are there, if you are there, you already know that, no. <laughs> you are just thinking of your mouth in your mind that, how much are we paying for this place? <laughs> very expensive. If they, if they broke me to four, I will not agree. It took all the faith in me like this. But here's my point. We will never be able to stretch if there's no money. Stop fighting money. Stop hugging with money in your mind. So we are hugging with money. Never. Money is not important. Money is very important. He said, hey, money is not important. That's why the Bible says, get wisdom. Because there's no way you have wisdom and you say that kind of nonsense. There's no way. There's no way you get wisdom and you say that kind of nonsense. Now, this is, this is, this is not right. There are a lot of things that are not right. I wish I can say this off record. in them. But they have money. And because they have money, they are able to furnish and to fund their emptiness. And this is why they are able to churn so much nonsense on online, churn so much nonsense on our media, because they have enough money to push those rubbish. And that's why you must make up your mind not to be poor. Not, not because you think problem. No! It's a key of the gospel. Am I making sense? If you go on channels, channels is more expensive than the gospel. Than if you go on TV. Even though channels is a local TV. Shocking. TV is international. This stuff is more affordable than channels. Am I making sense? 
Why? Because Canals is a secular TV station. TBN is not. An unbeliever will not readily go on TBN to watch Christian channel, but they will open channels. And so they make channels much more expensive because unbelievers will go there so that Christians cannot afford it. They are deliberately ensuring that those things are out of reach for believers. That's why Satan doesn't want the church to be rich. It's, it's deliberate. Because money is what communicates value here on earth. It is not right, but it is true. It's not right. I don't believe that somebody should follow someone because of money. I don't believe it. I don't believe that you should be following me because of money. I don't believe it. But it's sad. It's the truth. You too, if I start asking, you can, you can mention people that are very stupid, but have money. You can mention their names. And they have huge following. And if they just say something that is not funny, everybody laugh. Dry jokes. Why? They have money. They have money. And people listen to them. Because they have money. It's a truth. It is not right. It's not proper. I don't think it's normal. But it is sad. Human beings are obsessed with results. I told my friend, I said, look, let me tell you something. It's, it's, it's in both ways. You can either ask God to give you results. Look at Solomon. The king of Sheba came all the way from our city because he heard of the results of Solomon. There are people that came to Dunamis to see that building. There are people that came to, just to see. Human beings come to see. Human beings like to see. Jesus Christ says they will not believe. Eh? He says except they see. They will not believe. Forget it. Stop. It's like trying to get a woman's heart with that money. You know, sorry, I don't mean that. But don't, don't, don't. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I was just joking. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. My point is that don't, don't be struggling to make a point without results. Go and get results. Your point will be easier. Your point will be easier. How do I prove that the grace of God is unjudged? Even in the church, it's sad. I don't think it's proper. I don't think it's normal. But it is sad that people love successful churches. It's sad. I'm telling you the truth. I don't, I don't believe in it. I don't like it. I hate it. I hate to even think that somebody left the church and went to another church. When, when um, Pastor Cherise came to Abuja, their first workers meeting, they had 4,000 people. 4,000 people in a workers meeting. Workers meeting. Workers Where were those people before? I fought it. I said, this is wrong. This is wrong. But it is true. Everybody goes to where results are. It is not nice. Some pastors were not happy. When Pastor Biodo came with gratitude and said they want to do the auditioning for choir, um, it's not going to be, it's not, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a competition, it's a, it's a job. And so it's just that you work on Sunday mornings. We're not asking you to leave your church, but you work on Sunday mornings. Hmm? Eh? Stay in your church, but you work on Sunday mornings. So we have choir HODs. Leader. 
left their church to go and work on Sunday mornings. Do I think that is proper? I, do, I think that is wrong. I think it's no right. I don't believe in that. But sadly, it is true. So, instead of fighting it, I'd rather say, God, give me results. Does that make sense? Now, if you have money, even in your family, anyone that does not have money, anything they see, it just because the person trying to argue. It will just be causing, it will just be causing disagreements. <laughs> anything you say, anything you say will be dragging the family back. <laughs> Such that the richest person in the family is now the most respected. I don't think that is right. But it is true. Are you following my point? I, honestly, if you search my heart, you cut my heart now. I think it is wrong. But I can't fight it. If they say they want to bury mama, and they say this is the kind of coffin, and the person that didn't have money, but is the eldest, is arguing. Everything that he's saying will just be causing confusion. <laughs> say, no. <laughs> and there's another fellow who's there who's not even around. He said, ah, we are in the U.S. He said, but my family and I would love to be in mama's burial. They will say, we will not bury her till you come. I don't think that's right. But it's true. Did that make sense? So instead of fighting it, I would rather say, Lord, bless me. Bless me. Money has voice. And money is very loud. Very loud. Very loud. Look at what they pay for those places. Look at how much they pay. We went to some of those um, event centers where we we're looking for a place for SLC. Some of those event centers, they asked us to pay 1.5 million naira per use. And there are people using it. And they use it for four days in a row. It takes money to fund the gospel. Don't let anybody lie to you. All those things that you see them building in Canaan land, they did not build it with mouth. They paid money for it. Even Redeem Camp, even Deeper Life that does not talk about money. You know Deeper Life doesn't talk about money? Deeper Life doesn't say it about money. You'll be shocked to know the amount of money. When we were building their, their headquarters in Lagos, that one they just built, they were houses in, because they are not, I don't think even, there's even free land like that in Lagos anymore. So there were houses that were demolished. I heard from a very reliable source that Deeper Life sent people who went to houses to houses. We want to buy this house. They said, no, I can never sell this house. This is where my ancestors, when we landed in this land, this was the first place they marched. <laughs> it's our ancient landmark. They say one billion. You say no. No, I remain loyal to my ancestry. <laughs> Two billion. Your wife will call you inside. I want to see you. <laughs> and they bought all the houses in that area and demolished everything. And they built that church, deeper life. Nobody does that thing without money. Settle in your mind. You need money. 
settled. Let it be settled. First, I need money. Don't fight it. Don't struggle. Don't say no. Don't because I know there's a lot of religion, and I'm I'm, I'm being careful. No, I don't want me to. I don't want you to think that money is the important thing. But please, think it. Think it. Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter eight, it says God gave you power to get wealth that He may prove His covenant with you. Wealth became an epitome. So listen to people have said, hey, it's not that. What about nations that don't even have Jesus? What about countries that don't even know Jesus? What about don't they have money? How can I say that Christians? Have you had this kind of argument before? I said, even in the Bible days, the Amalekites had money, the Ammonites had money, the Hittites had money, the Hevites had money. Said all their wealth was taught up for the children of God. All the money that Egyptians had. Phew. So all those wealth you see around the world. Is their custodians, it's held in trust till the children of God will grow up to a point where they can take possession of the wealth of the world. The kingdom of God, if you look at Islam, Islam pushes a lot of money behind the agenda. Christians don't do that. Christians are very stingy. We don't trust each other. Some of us are looking at them, they don't even trust me. This young man, that's what he's Give them money now, they're going to change. Some people don't trust me. I can't force you to trust me. But Muslims don't think like that. Muslims, if they say they want to Islamize Nigeria, they will start buying guns. They will start putting money behind the agenda. They don't mind putting billions behind the candidates to ensure that that candidate becomes the president of Nigeria. Christians don't do that. We don't even think about projecting the candidates. We are not concerned about all those things. And it's terrible. Because what they can regulate from, you see, they don't have to drag this mic in my hands, but they can regulate this mic from Maso Rock. If they say today that they don't want, they want lockdown, that Omario, um, what's that name? Omicron is out. Everybody shut down. Even with all my anointing here, they will collect this mic from my hand. Are you following my points? What did they do? They regulated my preaching from the government house. It is time to begin to push Christians into that government house. And it happens by money. You put money behind the candidates. We must start thinking like that. Christians don't think like that. We are all concerned about our own empire, our own something. And when they, we are not thinking about collective responsibility. We are not. We are not. In those days, people put money. They bought Gideon's Bible. You will rarely enter an hotel in Nigeria without a Gideon's Bible on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the side shelf. What do you call that thing? Um, side table. Gideon's Bible. Somebody paid for that Bible. You see there, not to be sold. Somebody dropped billions and billions of dollars to ensure that there was Bible across the world. People paid for it. But all we do with our own money is to see how we satisfy ourselves. All the money must come back to us. And then someone says, Come, let's give money to somebody needs, or a child needs to be helped in the hospital, or somebody needs to be helped. We're already, we already suspecting them. No, 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 no. We can't give them money. It must be us, us, us. And we're so poor. We're so poor. Wealth is a key. We say partner with SLC. Some people don't trust us. We say, never. This is my 2K, cannot leave my hand. It bent the hand. It's what 24 hours. We hold it tightly. Give offering, never. Give tight, never. Never. 
you convince and it doesn't stop God's work but we will be doing better we'll be going further if everyone has a heart for the kingdom and are ready to give to it I'm telling you the best nobody even in the times of Jesus Paul said it he said he said you are, he said I saw your collections he said my heart was filled with joy people were giving for Christmas in, in, in Jerusalem they were giving and they were giving and they were giving and people gave and they gave Whether we do it or not, God's work will continue. But we should be part of it. Are you following my point? Do you, you get me tonight? So wealth is a key. Wealth is a key. Tell me, say, neighbor, choose today not to be poor. Tell your other neighbor, say, my other neighbor, choose today not to be poor. I've told you before. Say it, I've told you before. Don't be foolish. Now I'm telling you, don't be poor. <laughs> Don't be poor. Don't be poor. Don't be poor. The wisdom of a poor man is not respected. The Bible says there was a poor man in scriptures, Ecclesiastes. The city was in the war. Do you know that scripture? The Bible says, and with his wisdom, he was able to save the city. He said, but he was not remembered. Why was he not remembered? Because he was poor. They would say, go and use your wisdom for yourself first. Let it work. Is that proper? Is it proper? It's not proper. But it is true. <laughs> it's true. You know, we're trying to see how we can influence. That's another thing. You must, you must tell God. God must give you influence in this city. The thing you are struggling and struggling for, there's somebody that will just make a phone call. You know, we wanted some people to work in there, to, to serve in Abuja. And uh, we didn't know how to make it work, to make them serve in Abuja. But we had somebody in church. So we told him, we want this person to serve in Abuja. You just make a phone call. Say, we want this person. Say, just send your details. Send it. And the person says, they are with Abuja. Say, nobody can do that. I don't think it's right. <laughs> but it is true. <laughs> Say, the children of the nobody are the ones suffering. I don't think it is right. But Buhari's daughter, now, this is the director of NPC. I don't know what qualification she has. I really don't think. I see some of those young big business them come out. iPhone 13. Something you say this is not right. <laughs> it's true. It's sad. But it's true. It's true. It should steer up a, an anger against poverty in your heart. Don't fight them. Don't say, no, they don't. No, leave them. You face yourself and say, my life must express God's word. Rise on your feet. I don't want to go beyond this. I've tried. <laughs> we'll talk about wonders next time. Amen. But were you blessed tonight? Were you blessed tonight? I want you to just celebrate God, just exalt his name. Just bless him. Bless him for his word. He's worthy of all our praise. Thank you for your word. I want you to ask God for wisdom tonight. The Bible says, let, is anyone that lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. Whatever business you are doing, you are going to ask God that Lord should make you wise in it. 
he said i have already given him the spirit of of of, of wisdom is a master craftsman he said i've given him wisdom in his mind i want you to pray and say whatever you're doing if you're a tailor if you're a brand designer if you're whatever you're doing i want to say lord grant me wisdom you need wisdom to bake cakes you need wisdom to make whatever you're making they are they are recipes that has not been downloaded from heaven by human beings there are recipes that no human being knows. The Bible says Jesus is the head of all principalities. Jesus is the head of all bakery. Jesus is the head of all technicians. He's the head of all engineers. There are systems and there are wisdom that has not been downloaded from heaven yet. Say, Lord, my heart is open. I receive. In the name of Jesus. Saka batele brando Lord, our hearts are open. We receive from you wisdom, 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 wisdom. In Jesus' precious name, you are going to pray for that wisdom one more time. Let me give you an example. I was coming from Lagos. I was in the airplane. We're flying into Abuja. We just started SLC. And I was saying, Lord, I've never pastored anywhere before. I have zero experience pastoring. Give me a wisdom to grow this church. And God gave me a wisdom that was unconventional. I looked at the phone I was holding, my hands. I was holding my phone. I said, this is the most used device in the world. It's more used than the laptop. The phone is more used than the iPad. It's more used than any other device. The phone is the most used device in the world. And the Holy Ghost brought to my attention that the camera is the most improved asset in the phone. Every model. What people ask about is how good is the camera? Nobody talks about the browsing speed. Nobody talks about the notes taking. How good is this phone in taking notes? Everyone is concerned about the camera. And then the battery life, so that they can make, they can snap more camera pictures, longer periods. So iPhone 12, iPhone 13, the emphasis is always on what? Then it dawned on me that if iPhone and Samsung put so much emphasis on snapping, such that it became an attraction for human following, what would stop me from making a church, a place where people love to snap pictures? It sounded canal. It sounded unserious. It sounded as if, what do you mean? You mean you want to be the church around pictures? What rubbish. It sounded like that. But it dawned on me. When I landed, first thing I called Femi. I said, Femi, we're going to have a photo stand in our church. He said, ah, photo stand? Are we, in a, are we doing a wrong way? I said, no, I don't agree. Photo stand. I told my wife, we're doing photo stand. Photo stand. Photo stand. So I went and I thought and I designed that photo stand. With words, you will never have seen that photo stand anywhere. Most people photo stand that you see, it will be logo, maybe logo of the church, logo of the church. On our photo stand, there was no logo, visibly. It's just heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, and some people have never taken time to read what we wrote there. But it was different, it was unique, it was not seen anywhere. I'm telling you on that God, there are people that came to this church because of picture. There are people that it was picture. That brought them to I mean, some people came to church and they did not see that back stand. They say, Where is that photo stand? How would they know I came to SLC without having a picture on that photo stand? That was wisdom. Our church grew. We had 1,000 first timers in one year. 
1,000 first timers in the first year because of picture. Somebody said, no, we must print handbills. No, we must buy loudspeaker. My own was picture. And just by snapping pictures. Of course, the first thing we did, and now we got to our new venue, is what? Photo star. So you see how many people rush, rush there. It's more even colorful. It's so beautiful. Let them be coming for pictures. We will serve them the world. So those that came for pictures will change their mind. But they will still snap picture. This world is a picture-driven world. Don't fight it. Use it. Hmm? So you are going to pray and say, again, Lord, grant me wisdom in the craft of my hands. What I am doing for a living. There's a key that will change it forever. What I am doing in what I am doing, Lord. The Bible says, let anyone that lack wisdom, let him ask from God. I say, wealth is a direct result of wisdom. Grant me wisdom. Pray. I can't hear you praying, no. I can't hear you praying. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.